Welcome to Why We Do This, a podcast for and by performing artists. Find out more about our guests and about us at whywedothispodcast.com. Our guest today is a former student of mine, Sophia Conger, who is turning into quite the filmmaker. She just wrapped a pilot episode of a web series called Sugar Baby that I made a cameo in and is currently helping me edit a project I'm working on with students adapting high school theater into a COVID world. Sophia has a lot to say about her journey toward discovering her place in the world. We discuss this, her process, her thoughts on collaboration, and what it's like to receive constructive criticism on your writing. Dad, you call her Sophie, and but then it's Sophia, and then Soph. So I just want to know what <laughs> you would like me to call you. <laughs> um, her sofa bed. <clears throat> sofa bed is that also works. That actually, it's, it's funny. Everyone calls me sofa bed now, or like iterations of sofa <laughs> bed. Which, yeah, you that. you coined that, and you get full I'm credit. Um, <laughs> I think maybe for the purposes of like introducing me, Sophia Conger is probably okay. best. But you, you feel free to refer to me as Sophie. That works totally fine. Awesome. Okay, so um, we like to start with sort of like, you know, these days, I feel like we are all creating art in lots of different ways and through different mediums. But um, for you personally, like when someone says, what do you do? How do you usually reply? Um, it's funny because I have been struggling a lot with um, introducing myself as a director. And I think, think that might be... Um, an inherently female problem. Uh, I hate to generalize, but I think it might be just in the sense that I feel like I'm not one sometimes, even though I, that is what I'm striving to do. That is like who I would like to identify as, but I, I don't know if it's that I feel pretentious or I feel like I'm not really that. So that I, um, I'm always like, I'm trying to be a director. And then someone was like, stop saying that. Just say you're a director. I don't know why it's so hard for you. Um, but I also think like a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm younger and like still finding my footing. So um, I say I work in like the film world. That's usually what I'll say. And then yeah. I'll, um, and then they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I direct produce. And I say that I'm like, I freelance, at least not the current moment, I'm freelancing. I work mm -hmm. on like branded content. Um, and I, in my, in my, you know, I have a lot of passion projects going on and I primarily like to focus those around like TV and film and like drama, um, comedy drama, um, mm -hmm. genres. So, um, that's what I do when I'm not doing the branded content work. Right. That actually pays, yeah. pays the bills, you know? <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense. I do feel like sometimes in acting school, I, or I think about back on it sometimes and like, I kind of wish that there was more of an emphasis on like creating your own work and maybe, maybe there was, and I just like wasn't present to it. Cause I was like, I'm an actor, but like, I kind of wish I had started making my own stuff a little sooner, but mm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, totally. But I know what you mean about, about being shy about being like, I am a this because these days it's like, you kind of have to wear all the hats anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but there is a lot of power in being like, no, I'm a, I'm a director. Or I, I've started saying I'm a filmmaker, which feels just like a little more broad. I don't know. Totally. That's actually a really good one. And I, I say it every now and then. And every time I say it, I'm like, that feels more right. That's how I define you. Like if people ask, you know, like I think probably when I said to Julia that I wanted to put you on the list for people to interview, I said, 
independent filmmaker because mm. that's what that's what it strikes me as like up and coming independent filmmaker and you've done a lot of other things as well you know yeah and i feel like that sort of encapsulates like the writing aspect of it and like you could be a filmmaker that produces so yeah that's actually i'm gonna start using that now yeah, <laughs> yeah. own that shit uh, yeah and i feel yeah so like that's an that's an, like an empowering term to filmmaker it feels yeah it feels like it touches on all the all the points so yeah so yeah. do you is there a time in your life that that like started for you or like when you were like aha that's what i want to do mm-hmm yeah i mean i always grew up um being the center of attention <laughs> in the sense that like I love to perform I love to like make everyone sit around you know during family reunions and like watch me perform usually with my cousins um <laughs> so I've always been yeah big personality um love to like just create and be big um and then I think as I got older I became more self-aware and that sort of translated like into um filmmaking but actually like the big um, change for me was I had, I was in Terrence Criscow's acting class and I did that for two years and had a lot of fun, but I always, and I mean, maybe you can speak to this too. Um, should I say Mr. C? I feel like that's weird. No, to say. no you can say whatever you want. Really. It's all good. It all counts. Okay. Mr. C is good. That's my, no, that's my handle. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm going to miss Dusty. I don't want to make you feel weird by saying that. My, but. my rapper name is also Huma Diddy, but you don't have to use <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I took theater class for two years with Mr. C. And, um, and it was so fun, but I'm sure you can speak to this. Like, I don't know. I was just never fully able to give myself up like for a role I was just I think I had too much self-awareness and like I don't know maybe you didn't see that but that's how I felt like I could never fully get there as an actor I didn't want it bad enough you know yeah no I remember that I remember that feeling I remember you having that feeling more than me having that feeling yeah and I and I always thought um there was some something and I, I wasn't sure what it was but um uh, just for the record, since we're on, on the air, I want to say that you also gave fantastic performances. And I mean that over the time, you know, the, the, your development was not any different than any other young actors that was talented. It was just, yeah. you had to overcome things. And, and when you overcame them, uh, you know, yeah, at a high school level, but the work that we do at a high school level, that I do at a high school level is pretty, pretty uh, up there. Uh, and I get a lot out of the out of the kids, and I just feel like your performances ultimately were as good as anybody's, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and um, really stood out. I think the fiddler that we did to this day, people talk about that production. Incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. It was emotional, incredible, and you being golden that were a big part of that. So I had so much fun with it. Like it was, I loved it. And I loved that feeling you have before you get up on stage and like just the magic of like, oh, we're going to do it again. Like we're going to make it better this time. Um, so like part of me is sad that I guess maybe I haven't explored that path more because there were so many magical, magical moments, but I think I just felt more comfortable behind the camera. So then, so going back to the story, I was a sophomore in high school. And I think at that point, Nicholas Lindner had become the film teacher um, and it had developed a new film program. And I decided to make the switch, which was really tough because um, me and Mr. C were so close and 
I didn't really want to lose that side of myself. Um, but I thought that this could be something that I was really interested in, um, that I could be really interested in. And it, it ended up being really fun. Um, and then I just decided to go to school for filmmaking, which is like, can be sort of a, a like a big decision. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to go to school for something that's not like necessarily traditional in the way that like the human, you know, the sciences or mathematics and like all those other studies have are a clear path. Yeah, yeah. But where did you I go think to school? I went to Ithaca College, so they have a very good acting program mm-hmm. and a production program. I knew I wanted to be on the East Coast. I knew I wanted to be close to my family because I'm very close with them. Um, but I think also that transition into like studying filmmaking was easier because my parents are artists. So there was no, like, are you sure you want to do that with your career? (laughs) Um, Mm. but I think I would say that one of my stronger qualities is I am like very, like I set my mind to something and I usually follow through with it. Um, so I don't think they were worried that I was going to like become disinterested with the study. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I became a filmmaker. <laughs> cool. So, so when did you graduate from Ithaca? Uh, 2018. So recently. Oh, wow. Amazing. Did you always want to do, um, like direct writing, directing, or has that been like a journey to find that that's the, the sort of goal? I definitely have always wanted to do writing, directing. I think awesome. writing is really challenging and I still struggle with it in the sense that I um, it's just hard work and it's like, it, it like uses a part of my brain that, um, is less rewarding for me in the current moment. Like writing is just hard. Like we all, I think we all could admit to that, but like yeah. directing, I love working with people. I like being a leader. And so like, there's a lot of in the moment satisfaction that I get from that, that I don't necessarily get with writing. Um, I don't know mm. if you, you guys can relate, but it feels like, okay you feel it much more down the line when like someone's actually reading your work and it's exactly how you imagined. And you're like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but in the yeah. moment you're like, this sucks. Like what I'm writing is horrible. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. The, and, and getting criticism on your writing is so intense. Uh, it's so emotional. Oh my God. You're so right. And that's another thing. Like you become so defensive and like, and then you're like, I put so much time into this. And then they just had an opinion like that. And yeah, I, I, I know it, that's, that's probably the hardest bit for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I did, I worked on a series recently that got, we were supposed to shoot in May, but it got canceled. So we're moving it to next year, but I wrote two of the episodes, one of which was co-written and one I wrote on my own. And we were doing this process of like writing and then sending it to the showrunners and getting, uh, you know, pages and pages of notes for like yeah a, a 20 page piece, you know? And it was like, it's just, it's really tough. And then you have to decide like how much you're going to actually change and how much you're going to like fight for the choices that you're making for the characters and how, you know, like how much to negotiate between the people that are technically your bosses and paying you and how much you're like, no, this is my story. Yeah. You hit it on the head. That's, that's all of it. I also think for me that writing is something I've had a big struggle turning around to do. Like I've only ever done it when it was specific task related. And a lot of times what I do is blurt and it comes out really good for that task. And then I'm done. Like I don't go back and do million re-edits, but one thing I've started to notice in all this world where all these people are putting work up is that the ones that I inevitably am attracted to, I look at the credits and, you know, and if it's, uh, you know, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon prime, whatever. And I see that one person wrote them 
true on HBO too, actually, that one person often wrote them. And they, I'm sure they had their influences and so forth, but that, <clears throat> that idea always appealed to me about writing to be the solitary part of it really matters. Not that you can keep it solitary, obviously, but I think it's really important that you, um, you know, that like, uh, even, even with like actors, I, I, uh, coach them to choose who they're going to listen to and then the rest of the people just smile and wave and say, yeah, that's a really good idea. And then, you know, move on because you get so much, there's always somebody who's got notes, always, and it, always. Yeah. <laughs> if they could do it themselves, they should go do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, <laughs> it's also super interesting. Cause I, so my, one of my films got into like the Cincinnati film festival, which is a small, really sweet film oh, festival. Cool. And um, we, I went to one of these workshops that they held um, about like feedback, specific like story, story construction feedback. Um, and people like, I mean, this is not normally how we receive feedback when we write, but um, like they would have these screening parties and show the film that was about to be released and, and see what people would think. But they wouldn't have people like openly give out their feedback because then people who didn't even think that it was a, or, you know, that that one note was a problem or that one part of the story was a problem. Um, they would suddenly raise their hand and be like, yep, I agree with him. I actually really didn't like that bit. It's like you start to yeah. nitpick things and like, someone's going to always have something to say. I don't know if that mm -hmm. made sense, but like, yeah, they would find, so they were like, everyone submit your feedback when you go home by yourself and like, write it to us. Don't like, we're not going to have like an open discussion feedback because everyone's, or um, feedback session, because everyone's going to have, going to like suddenly start to find more issues with it than they. Oh, like, I've been in that room. I know what you yeah. mean. It's, yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm so glad they did that. I'm glad you told that story. Yeah. That really has bothered me sometimes. The minute the suggestions put out. I, mostly for me, it's been plays, feedback from new plays after, mm -hmm. you know, with the live audience or whatever. Mm. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, it's unbelievable what people will say. Well, if you started over and you didn't have the main character, but you had a different character. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. This is not constructive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I actually, last year, my film, a short film of mine screened uh, at a festival near here. And it was at the opening film to a feature and both of which were about like queer folk, um, like getting out of their community that was like holding them back from being who they were. And this woman, I guess, worked with queer youth and, and got really on my case about, and uh, of course the feature filmmakers weren't there. So then after the, after the screening, the Q and A was just me and, um, my co-star, um, and it was actually a co-directed project. So anyway, we were the only ones there representing. So we went up and this woman like laid into me about how like it was promoting like escapism and like, why, why did they have to leave? And I actually started crying in front of everyone, which I think was good because I think the woman was like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have, cares. you know, like, <laughs> right. Like this story meant a lot to me because of something I've experienced and like, you know, leaving leaving New York was big for me. I like have spread my wings since I left there. I don't know why necessarily, but I needed to leave. Anyway, I just think it's interesting. You're right. People can can gang up if if it's open season for Q&A, so you got to be careful. You're never going to create a pure perfect piece of work. And that's really tough right. because I find I'm kind of a perfectionist in a lot of ways, and I feel like everyone says that that sounds obnoxious, but I do feel like I do try to 
I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to like what I'm doing. I certainly don't want to offend people. And so it's really tough with this art form specifically because tough with any art form. Um, but yeah, it's just, you're so subject to criticism. You have to like have that hard shell, I guess. I think you're being a perfectionist, as you call it, is actually true. And it's actually a strength from what I've seen. Like, because not only, it's not just being a perfectionist for the sake of getting it right, so Sophie, but it's also like you have something you're pursuing and it needs to be, you need to achieve that, you know? So you have to stick to that. And I think I've seen you do that. And that's um, fantastic, I think, that you yeah. do that. Um, wh what would you say before we go to move off the subject of your specific, like what make made you do or makes you do what you do? I, I'm trying to ask what is like, what's the heart of it? Like, why express yourself in film and filmmaking? Uh, and is there something you're trying to express that you've been able to identify? Or is the whole thing about trying to uncover that? I don't know. I feel like it was like the next best thing, the thing, the place I felt comfortable, more comfortable than acting. Like, I was like, if I can't do acting and I don't totally feel right acting or even singing, because I was a singer for a while and I never felt great singing either. I just think I don't like being in front of the camera or in front of people. Um, I Clearly, I have some insecurities around that, but I was like, I can be the next best thing that I can do is be behind. And then like, it, I'm close enough to it, but I'm not that person who's being watched right now. So um, I don't know. I just like, and also I'm still running the show in a certain way. I'm still like, yeah. yeah. so maybe that's it. I don't know. I've also just always loved, I've always loved movies. I like piecing things together. It's almost like solving a problem in a weird way like your pet when you patch together a story you're like making something whole um so I've always liked that and I think I just couldn't do anything like I can't see myself doing something that isn't artistic because I've just grown up with like um this artistic energy and I think to deny myself that I would probably lead a, like a much more unhappy life um yeah so, and I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at drawing. So this is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, there's no like handwork art form that I can do and God forbid I can't dance. So, <laughs> yeah. so this is really, that's, this is the only job that I could do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. I mean, yeah, I'm, I've tried a couple of times to be like, this career is really hard. Maybe I can do something else. And every time I'm horribly miserable. So good on you for figuring that out early. <laughs> yeah. I it's think helpful. I think I'm also just like, I've told myself I'm going to do this. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be painful sometimes, but I'm going to do it. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a little sick, but it's, it's like, I don't, I mean, and I still have many years where I could decide I don't want to do this, but I think um, I don't think I'll ever permanently leave it. Like, I feel like I'll always be doing it in some way, but maybe I won't make films like Steven Spielberg has, but um, I'm going to at least give it my, like, give it a shot and see what happens. Because I, I was telling Julia this earlier, like on our phone call is like, I have a goal to make, make some film um, in a film in some way, shape or form every year. Uh, and I'm going to give that a go for a few years and see how that pans out mm. for me. But, and maybe after a few years, I'll be like, people aren't really gravitating towards my stuff. So maybe I should just like do something a little different, try to stop pursuing the fiction 
film world. But um, right now, that's like I'm just trying to throw shit out there and see if it sticks. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I feel like the festival uh, thing has opened up a huge world for me. Like getting small nuggets of joy is what I've been calling them lately. Like when you have something and you're like, you, you know, you kind of submit it on film for you and then kind of forget about it. And then like every mm-hmm. couple months you're like, your film's been accepted up and you're like, Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's like, it, it really provides this like continuing confirmation in a way that as an actor, God knows you never get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It, and and it, yeah, with filmmaking too, as opposed to acting, I've I've found that it's like I can still go back at something that I made and be like, nope, I'm proud of that. Like no matter if it gets rejected or if people don't like it or whatever, like I can still go back and be like, nope, I made that and I'm proud of it. Yeah. And the one other thing I'll say is I feel like it takes a level of um... – I think it takes a level of confidence to like put your work out there and to continue making work because it's like, so there, like you said, there's so many small nuggets of happiness, but for the most part, it's a lot of questioning yourself and like facing um, adversity and like with trying to get it produced and like trying to find actors and like getting feedback on your writing. So there's a lot of challenges, but I feel like you kind of just gotta be like, I'm good. I'm going to like, I think I'm good at this. I'm going to keep trying. I don't know. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and you yeah, absolutely. I think that with any artist like you have to believe that you are doing something in a way that no one's done it before or like you see something and you're like, "Huh, I could do that a little better." Or you read something and you're like, "Oh, I can totally see this as a film." Or Yeah. And not and not, and the realization that like not everybody feels that way is kind of a big that was a big one for me where I would read a play and like see it moment by moment and movement by movement and then I realized that like not everybody that doesn't happen to everybody when they're reading a script, you know? Totally. Um, okay. Well, speaking of that, um, I want to know about like your process. So like when you are starting a project, what is that usually like for you? Like, do you write first? Um, do you like, where do your ideas come from? And then when, when do you decide that it's like something that you want to make? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think, um, Again, like, because I hold myself to that, like, you have, you should make something once a year, like, just try to make something, um, mm-hmm. whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I should always, like, rush myself into a project because of a time frame, but um, it's just a challenge I'm holding myself to. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, I want to do this, and then I'll start writing it, um, and... And then it starts to just get crazy because you write it and you work on writing it for a long time. And then you're like, all right, well, now I'm going to make it. I'm going to take the sleep and I'm going to make it. And then like yeah. you kind of black out for a second. Oh, you're totally. Like- <laughs> Pre-production is a blackout. Uh, so w- what about your writing process though? Do you like, do you write early in the morning? Are you a night owl? What's that like for you? Definitely a night person. Um, cool. And I, honestly, like my dad is the, the primary person I send all my work to because my, my father's a writer. Awesome. And I value his, um, his feedback a lot. And he's kind of one of the few people that I'm like, okay, I really listen to what he has to say. Although something that's been cool is like lately, especially with like my newest project, I'm like, I don't really care what a lot of people have to say. It's weird. Like, I'm kind of like, I don't even care if this really flops or if this isn't the most, uh, uh if this isn't like, the most beautiful piece of, you know, writing that they've ever read. I kind of, Mm -hmm. 
it's, it's cool. I don't know if that's just like me being like, I'm young and I'm a woman and like, I can kind of say this and like, and Mm -hmm. I have, and no one can tell me that that's not like, that this isn't a true experience for me. Paloma was one of those films that I wrote. And I think a lot of people are like, this seems like very European, like a little too surreal. I don't really know how to like give you feedback Mm -hmm. because it's not like, um, it's not like a typical, I mean, it's a short film. It's like a, it's a feeling. I feel like that's what that film is. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard to give feedback on it, but I feel like it was received really well. And so there was, there was like a confidence that that gave me like, you know what, you can kind of just like trust your instinct on things, like trust that you have a voice as a director and that people are going to get it. And if they're not getting it in the writing process, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to get it when you make it, you know? So um, I was like very deterred because I had taken some screenwriting classes and they're very cut and dry. And they're like, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And I was like, this is so frustrating, <laughs> like these rules. Um, yeah, and I think, totally. I, I think now I'm like, oh, I actually can like veer away from these rules and people are still going to think like, hopefully they'll think that it's an okay, like piece of writing. So that was like a big change for me is like not letting those screenwriting classes and the rules that they've told me in screenwriting classes, like dictate how I write totally, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's countless artists of all kinds that were, began their uh, work by being inspired by work that came before them and kind of imitating it for a while because they wanted to um, find out what it was like to play music like that or make a film like that. Or I can think of a lot, many, many examples of well-known people, but then eventually like they get past that phase which it sounds like you're entering and they're like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And and there's so much that's derivative in the world that one of the things that I, one of the things I I'm hoping for, for you. And I think I'm seeing it. I think Paloma is a really good example, but it's not really derivative. It's, it's not derived from something else. It's really like you obviously, you know, have influences, but you're making stories using the camera that are um, original and that's hard to do. And that's, that's, I think uh, one of the highest compliments I can pay (laughs) is when the work is original because there's not very much of that. If you ask me, there's a lot of stuff that's called original, but it's like piecing together um, of things that, you know, that are either too random or they're too, too much derived from other people's work. And um, so I want to encourage you to think that way and to keep going that direction. Thanks. It's liberating. It feels good. (laughs) Where do you find your little nuggets of inspiration when you need them or if writer's block comes up or do you have um, like go-to things that you do? But it's kind of like what you were saying, Mr. C is like just spending that time alone, like being in that weird space of like weird, but good space of like, all right, I got to like dedicate myself to this, to this right now. And like, maybe I don't necessarily want to be doing that, but it will, it will hopefully kick this ball further down the line. And like, um, yeah, I think that's, that's where my head's been at, but I, I don't know. I, I have a writing partner with my latest project and it has like changed the game for me. We have, I mean, we're writing a comedy, so it, it's really fun and light. Um, and I really enjoy that but it's just so nice to have someone to like bounce ideas off of for someone to be like, sorry, that's not the best idea. Um, (laughs) and to like have a second, a pin, like a second person contributing to your script. Um, 
So I think I might start like writing with the same writing partner for future projects because we get along so well. She's my best friend and um, we have such similar sense of humor and stuff. And um, she's an artist, she's a painter, but now is she's always really liked, uh, she's a painter, photographer, and, and she's really getting into this writing thing. Um, so it's amazing. Who knows? Yeah. Co-writing is so huge. Yeah. It's, it can, so, fun. it's so helpful. Yes. So helpful. Do you find that you guys work well together in terms of like, or I don't know if, if you've worked enough with this person yet, but um, in terms of like who's directing after it's done, because I, f- I find that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to let go of, of your writing, especially yeah. if, you, if it's like going to be the other person directing, like, does that, do you find challenges with that at all or? Yeah, that's a good point. We haven't yet because we're making this piece that we have been writing for the past few years. And I think it was always assumed like I've directed in the past and I I know more about like that world than she does. But I said Mm -hmm. to her, I was like, do you want to co-direct it with me? Because the credit for me isn't really what matters. It's more like um, just being able to actually direct it. And she was like, I think she was taken aback. She was like, yeah, I'd love to co-direct it with you. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to like work on that with her, um, because it is both of our babies and, um, yeah, I don't necessarily need to be like the person in charge. I want to be the person in charge with another person in charge, but I don't need to be the sole person, but yeah, I could see that being weird. Sometimes I can definitely see that being tough. It's like, who takes yeah, claim over this? Yeah. And the editing also has so much to do with it as well, that if there's two directors, sometimes they both want to be involved in the editing process and they can have very different point mm-hmm. you but you're it sounds like you've got a great partnership going on or, or yeah. begun which is it's all about the chemistry i think right i mean totally. once you have good chemistry i think when there's yeah. no ego in it like if you're just doing it for the sake of like to do it for fun it's yeah, yeah. i think my totally. big thing is finding someone who is um consistent and she's consistent like she'll she'll be like i'm gonna write this week and she'll do it and i feel like i've, I've just met a lot of people that like sort of they don't stick to what they say and like that doesn't always <laughs> jive well with me <laughs> oh my so, gosh yeah yeah that's yeah real. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that when she said she's gonna do something she does it and so then we get we get stuff done it's cool yeah um I have a person that I write with too and we we went on on a writing retreat weekend and we just like went actually for one night like Saturday to Sunday and we stayed over at this cabin that was actually very strange um we thought it was we were gonna have the whole place but we were actually sharing it with this weird couple anyway (laughs) but we stayed that's what your next film's about right yeah (laughs) sounds like a horror film (laughs) it was pretty weird it was pretty weird yeah but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. It was like smelled like dog pee. It was not a good experience. But anyway, oh. it was what was cool about it was that we came out of that weekend with an, a full outline for a feature version of our of the short film we had made together. And what a difference it makes to have an outline because then it was like, okay, I'm going to work on act 1, you work on act 2, I'll work on act 3, and then we'll like finish it together. And then it's like if you have all the all the beats written out, like I just, I guess it makes total sense, but I don't know why I've never done it before. That's but writing so true. was so much simpler because it was like anytime I would get a little stuck, I'd be like, okay, where am I headed? And go back to my outline, and then it would be like, oh, I could just go anyway. Totally, outline. and that's so. That's going back to the writing process. I feel like that makes it. Um, also, it hurts less when you have to change something because you've already you don't really have to change much if you've thought it all through and like. That's what we've really done with the, with the web series that I'm working on is we've, we've 
done extensive outlines for all the other episodes. So like our first episode, when someone's like, why is this happening? I'm like, well, let me tell you, I have 20 pages for the next five episodes outlined of like, what's everything that's going to happen. And so you just have less, you question yourself less, people trust Mm -hmm. you more. They know you've thought it through. So like when you get a piece of feedback, you're like, you're like, no, I'm going to like ditch. I'm going to go with that feedback or I'm not going to, because I know that I've thought this out and like I've put in the work, but yeah, reverting like to an out, being able to go back to an outline is so comforting. I feel like it makes sense. It makes total sense. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your web series that you're working on or also maybe if it's a secret, you don't have to tell us too much, but I'd love (laughs) to know. Yeah, I can give like a little bit, the little pitch. Yeah. I, um, a young actress moves to New York city and she's in a, um, a bit of a financially desperate situation. And, um, she decides to start going on sugar baby dates, um, and seeing older men, um, as a way to like sort of keep herself afloat. Um, and it's, I think that's just a really interesting concept because it's like so rife with comedic opportunity and, Mm. Uh, drama, like there's scary moments in it too. Um, So yeah, so that's what it's about. Um, And all the characters she meets along the way and also all the other artistic influences in her life um, and how they're all managing to stay afloat. So yeah, it's an exploration of feminism. It's an exploration of a young woman. um, It's an exploration of what money means in America. (laughs) It's all those things. Beautiful. Do you have a name yet or no? Or do you not want to share? It's it's Sugar Baby. That's the name. Amazing. Very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could do if you could do an ideal project, like if if in other words, like project five years down the road and you're able to do whatever you want to do for what however that came about. Yeah. I think it would be directing TV would be really fun. Um mm-hmm. and like I can even see myself in the near future, like coming in and directing one or two episodes. I mean, that's really common now. It's like they have a director for a few episodes. And yeah. I like that because you're not like, I do want to have a family eventually. I do want to, you know, I want my life to be exciting, but I also want there to be some stability. So I feel like that is, uh, yeah, I feel like that could be a good way of like getting work every now and then, but also like having a traditional family kind of set up. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's thinking too far ahead, but like, I think I could see myself like making like a show like Fleabag, like that would be definitely a dream project. Those are both very different things, but I could see myself going down both of those roads. Yeah. It sounds like a really free, uh, kind of life. I, I, I get that. I've noticed how I don't know if that's always been the case, but I know a lot of uh, shows right now and a lot of actors in shows that are pretty big shows that um, have, they, they, they cast directors almost as much as they cast the show. Like they'll, yeah, the first funny? two episodes will be one person and then with a name, with a, usually the bigger name is at first, but then there's like all these other people. Totally. And um, that'd be a great pl- place for you to find work, I think you could have both of those things. You know what I mean? Like one leads to the other and there's no formula. If I've learned anything in the past 10 years, (laughs) there's like, you know, you just keep, if you're in it for the long game, it will, it will pay off eventually, but you just got to be in it for, for the long haul. Totally. Sounds like you are though. 
And I can't wait to see all of your work. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait yes. for you to see it too. <laughs> yes. Is your stuff, um, is, do you have anything that's up on a platform that like people could see if they wanted to click on your? My Vimeo is Sophia Conger is my Vimeo. Um, and you can go and see trailers of my stuff. Um, and then I actually plan on having like fully accessible versions of those movies on my website, which is hopefully going to be live um, next week. Awesome. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. It was great. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. That was Sophia Conger talking with Julia and Terry. Find out more about us and our guests at whywedothispodcast.com.